It's having that feeling of belonging and the support and community of people who, no matter what you're doing, as far as going through the tough times or having meltdowns <laughs> or whatever challenges and the celebrations, that they are there. From somewhere around the world, welcome to the Black Women Travel Podcast. Hi, my name is Wanda Duncan, and I'm so glad you're joining me as we explore the paths of Black women who've made travel a large part of their lives. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Can you please introduce yourself, tell us your name, where you're from, your current location, and the name of your business? Hi, I'm Ayana Mojica. I am uh, my family from the island of Puerto Rico. I am currently in San Diego, and I am the founder, creator of the Feminine Wealth brand or the Feminine Wealth movement. Fantastic. So tell us, like, what has your experience been like? How has it been uh, being Puerto Rican, being Black? Um, you are, uh, you have such a wealthy lineage, uh, spiritually speaking, from, from what I could see on the internet. <laughs> yeah. so, so yes, please share with us. Oh, yeah. Well, I, um, how is it? Can you say that question one more time, please? Like, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just asking about like, uh, your, your history. Like, how has it been being Puerto Rican, being a Black Puerto Rican? Okay, okay. Spiritual okay. heritage. Okay, yeah. I identify more as um, uh, Afro-Latina. And that's the, the new ID that I'm identifying with right now. But mainly as a Puerto Rican woman who has the lineages of, of very rich cultures from Spain, from the Taino Indians, from Africa, from the Canary Islands. <laughs> I found out I have some Jewish blood. And, um, and so that, all of that mixed in to my veins and the blood and my, my culture has been quite rich, quite rich. And you can imagine that each one of those veins has a spiritual tradition. <laughs> and so all of that is what's running through me. And, uh, and that's where I source from. Everything I, I do, I source from those beautiful roots. Uh, everything from the um, Catholicism through the, 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 my grandmother on my father's side, or the Espiritismo and Santeria through my grandmother on my mother's side, or the, my grandfather was what they call un pionero de el movimiento pentecostal. So uh, having him be a leader in the Puerto Rican Pentecostal movement, that informed me 
<laughs> and then and then I have a grandmother who I take I'll take take after who you know I remember sitting with her under the stars in uh, in the middle of the night and she would tell me based on the stars what the weather would be like tomorrow and uh, what was going on in the heavens and walking with her side by side as she pointed out the different plant medicines on the property and uh, she was quite a seer and and suppressed because mm. he had that all of that power and all that magic and yet because of uh, being married to a minister uh, the, the, the traditions in the Catholicism and Christianity that saw that as a sin, what she was doing as demonic. And, and, and yet, it was her medicine, it was her magic, it was her ability to see that healed many of us. So I carry that. Do you find more harmony within your lineages than discord? That's a good question. I would say that at this moment in time, because I have really come to my own center, my own power and knowingness, that it's, everything is harmonious. Everything blends. It's like, it's, remember the marble cakes? Yeah. It's like the marble cakes. It's all blended in and it makes a really good cake. Before, <laughs> before uh, I had to separate it. I had to keep my, my own masterful seership, prophetess, visionary, high, high intuitive gifts, quiet. I, I mean, the things I was seeing and experiencing as a child all through my life, and then all through my life, I had to keep quiet for a long time. And now I'm like, forget that. There's <laughs> a lot of power and fun and richness in this. And so I've been able to bring them all together and bring all those pieces together and draw and source from each one. That each one has a beauty, each one has a, a, some magic, each one has power, each one is artistic, each one has ceremony, and why separate it? Was that difficult for you to incorporate, to live? Because it seems like you're the first generation that's been able to fully step into your power without having other people uh, and their expectations and their desires weigh upon how you live your life. Is that fair to say? I would say that it, it wasn't difficult in the beginning because I didn't see it as difficult. It was basically the way I did life, how, how we maneuver life when things may seem to be out of congruence and you don't really know they're out of congruence. You just know that it's more compartmentalized. But now 
I don't have a problem with it. I actually decided that I was like, forget what everybody else thinks. <laughs> forget what they think. And, um, you know, I want to say this to the listeners and to you on the, I didn't realize how much I was not myself and not doing what I really, really wanted to do or felt called to do. I wasn't doing a lot of it because I thought it would, this, it, that, they, that my family wouldn't approve. That's what I mean. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, I, what, so, I, so, like, so I that's, just held back. Yes. That's what I'm trying to understand. Like, what was that process like? When did you decide, like, I'm, like you said, like, this is for the birds. I'm not doing that no more. I'm just going to be myself <laughs> because I am all of these things. All those things. Well, it actually happened this year. Really? Yep. I was doing, I was doing a lot anyway, and I knew that I wasn't doing all of what I could do. I wasn't being all the way authentic. Wow. Yep. Yes, ma'am. Well, congratulations. Yes, I wasn't being all, and then, and then a family member said something to me that really, they said something that was very hurtful about another family member and you know they're pretty uh they're an elder and when I heard that come out of their mouth I was like wow wow I think I'm just gonna cut everybody off because they don't approve of me anyway and Mm. so since they don't approve of what I'm doing and saying and acting and being anyway why don't you just go ahead and do it because they don't approve anyway So instead of me, I know, instead of me worrying about not doing, instead of me not doing it, Mm -hmm. because I thought they would disapprove, disapprove, I said, wow, they already disapprove of me. Mm -hmm. So go do it. Go be it. Go speak it. Go be your authentic self, your authentic voice and, and, and be totally in your power. And how has that been for you? Awesome! <laughs> so freeing. I call it being freed. Not, not free. Mm-hmm. Not free. Literally freed. I am freed. There's a difference. And, and what is that? Well, so... I, I'm not free from something. Mm-hmm. I'm already freed. I'm in my the state of being, the beingness of freed. And the freed also has to do with gates in the mind that gatekeepers in the mind that kept me from being my full authentic self and seeing the things that were around me that were there all the time. And Mm -hmm. so once that gatekeeper, that, that part was gone, I'm like, Oh, shoot, I'm freed. Not that I got freed from something, but I'm just like, Oh, I'm already, Oh, I've already been freed. I'm that's who I am freed. 
So that's why I meant it's a exuberant feeling. It's exuberant. And no I, pressures from anybody. So a lot of people I think are afraid to lose their family. They're afraid to lose their approval, to lose their love. What has taken, what has filled that space for you? What has filled that need for you? What I've done, and let me see, there's one, two, this is what I decided. I said, you know, those who want to communicate with me on a respectful and honoring, in an honoring way, I'll, I'll allow them to reach out. Uh, meanwhile, those who are supportive, have, you know, I have about two or two people in my family who are supportive. They I will keep. But it is, it is, um, it could really, really devastate a person knowing that they have to cut their family off. Because that's your roots, right? So that's your roots. And so what I've done is created my own family. I've created my own family of choice. And what you say that that your new family, your choice family, fills that need. Because some there's a the saying in Asia like same same but different. <laughs> yeah, it's it's having that feeling of belonging, and the support, and community, of people who no matter what you're doing as far as going through the tough times or having meltdowns <laughs> or whatever challenges and the celebrations that they are there to root you on and cheer you on. They're the ones who are going to show up when you need to move your things out of your place <laughs> into storage so you can go traveling. <laughs> you know, those are the ones, right? They're the ones that, um, they're the ones that, not, they're the ones who show up when your partner passes away, which happened to me. So they're the ones who, who are there through the tough times, through the good times, without the judgment. That's what I've created. How did you find them? How did you sign them on the dotted line? Like, hey, you want to be in a long-term relationship? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just found, I just looked around and looked at who, who was in my circle and who was, who I was attracted to and who was attracted to me as far as wanting to share common space, wanting to share conversations, wanting to share a meal, wanting to share celebrations, wanting to share holidays. Um, so and then I just signed them up. I don't say, can you be part of my family? <laughs> no, I'm just joking about and, and And I actually have. I actually, you know, when I went, uh, my birthday was recently. And, and this fam, my family, quote unquote, my family, uh, not my family of birth, but this group, they, they say, hey, you know, we're your family. We want to make sure you're having a good birthday. Let's take, we want to take you out. In fact, I didn't want to go because I'm an introvert. And so one person said to me, 
we want to take you to dinner on Saturday. And I said, well, you know, and I was making all these excuses. And he said to me, <laughs> he said to me there are people who really want to celebrate you and honor you. And that changed it. That changed it. So we had about about a good 12 people at my family birthday party. <laughs> and it was, it just went like that. I, Anna, how are you doing? You know, here, we got this for you. What else do you need? So that's it. That's what I did. So I have elders who are in my family. I have young ones in my family. I have sisters. I have brothers. I have children in my family. I have spiritual sons and daughters in my family. And um, so that's how I'm doing it. The only pre prerequisite they have is that they have to be honoring and respectful. And they can't be boring. Boring. If you're going to give me some counsel or advice, it cannot be ordinary, please. Boring is ugh, death. <laughs> <laughs> so in your recent time of becoming, of expressing, I suppose, yeah. is a better word, of fully expressing who you are and this family that you've had, um, what has that led you to do? Who has that led you to be? What has that led me to do? Who has that led me to be? I have to also mention that I actually have family around the world. So um, because of social media, I've actually developed very deep relationships over time. And so these relationships would develop, have been developed right through social media, which is quite profound. And so, for example, we had... Um, a gentleman uh, that I've known for 10 years, and he's a master, grandmaster gardener, permaculturist, protector of the seed, and watched him and his family do what they were doing over the years. And I found out he's, he was living in Mexico. I found out he's going to be in the area, and I invited him to where I live. I live on an estate. My, you know, the listeners, I live at the Orpheus Estate and Temple here in Encinitas. This is where I serve at this moment as a base. And when I found out he was in the area, I'm like, my God, bang, bang, you know, bang, bang, come to my, come here and let's visit. You know, look at my garden, tell me what I need. It was so beautiful. As soon as we saw each other face to face, we were, I knew we were family, you know, and we embraced as though we were family that we hadn't seen in 10 years. And it was just a beautiful experience. And so who I have become is much more expansive. So my heart is able to contain and hold a very diverse, multicultural family, which is actually my family, my Puerto Rican family. <laughs> my family is very diverse and all these cultures. And so I have a sister in Germany, and that's a three-year relationship. And she's visited me here. And uh, so that's, that's, that's where it is. And it's allowed me to be more cosmopolitan. I've always been like that, but to actually be more of that and be more creative, 
It allows me to be more generous because there's more parts of me, more facets of me that are, are able to access uh, people's hearts and their ideas and, and, and projects. And so that's, that's what it's allowed me to do, be a much more creative, much more balanced, much more uh, fully rounded person and elevate it because everybody comes with their beliefs and traditions and it, it opens up my greater awareness of people. Uh, it's very rich. It's literally very, very rich. Very rich life. And tell me, please, have you any song lyrics or poems that speak to you these days? <laughs> it's funny that you drove that down all the way. Songs, lyrics, poems. I love Rumi. And Rumi is a mystic and I'm a mystic. So when I read Rumi, I, I feel like I'm reading myself. And that this this deep, profound connection to the I am that I am, or that deep, profound connection to God, uh, that deep devotion, I'm able to connect that way. So that's Rumi. And most recently, <clears throat> excuse me, the songs that, are, that I'm attracted to recently are these high devotional Christian songs, <laughs> which I ran away from the church a while back. I didn't run away. I just walked away. They kicked me out. <laughs> Actually, they kicked me out. They kicked me out. So they kicked me out because my husband divorced me. So because he divorced me, I got kicked out, which is interesting. But there are beautiful devotional songs in many of the traditions. And when I walked, you know, turned kind of walked away from the church after they kicked me out. I forgot about those because it was so wounding. And just recently, because I'm writing a book on Mary Magdalene, those songs started coming back to me. Those songs about loving, the deep loving of God and the pouring out of grace and because I have this feminine perspective now, <laughs> all those songs that were sung to a male God, I now sing to a female God. And specifically Mary Magdalene, because I'm working, writing this book on her. And I'm like, wow, what a different perspective. Everything changed. And so I'm listening to these songs that are talking about the angels and and, um, and this great devotion to this great God who who's the creator of the universe. And all I did was change the pronoun. All I did was change the words from, from God to goddess, from, from Lord to love, from, from, yes to Je from Jesus to Mary Magdalene, and the whole thing changed. And it also brought me into the realization that I had kind of turned my back on the masculine 
aspect of God, of what I call the Christed ones. And I'm like, wow, I don't need to turn my back on that. That's still rich. So and in the work that I do with Mary Magdalene, I talk a lot about the sacred union and we need the masculine, we need the feminine together. So that's what I've been listening to lately. It's just this beautiful high devotion of angels and of this gratitude to these beings or this being that but it's just so magnificent. So that's where I'm at with my songs and my poems. And I'm inspired by what I'm reading and listening to. And it's informing my own art and my own, my own writing and my own choreography and my own songs. Are there any Rumi poems or any devotional Christian songs in particular um, that have touched you recently? Let's see. There is this Rumi. There is some kiss we want with our whole lives. The touch of spirit on the body. I'll leave it there. Okay. <laughs> and what about the Christian uh, devotional songs? Anyone in particular? Lately, I've been listening to, by the way. Yeah, lately, I've been listening to David Ruiz, who is out of the UK. I think he's out of the UK. And, and these are songs from way back. And he wrote more contemporary songs, more songs that really touch spirit, more songs that were free and this freedom moving, um, celestial language rising tongues rising up to God and uh, or to the goddess. <laughs> and so David Ruiz is who I've been listening to recently, and that's only been the last week. Okay. Thank you for that. So tell us, Miss Ayana, by the way, I sense a, a New York accent. Uh-huh. <laughs> you got some New York in here, some Puerto Rican, depending on where I am in the world. If I'm, New, if I'm in New York, it really sounds like a New York Puerto Rican. When I'm in Puerto Rico, I'm pura boricua. <laughs> um, tell us how travel has played a, a part in your life. Travel, and I know this is a beautiful podcast for women of color who are traveling around the world. Black. Black women of color <laughs> traveling around the world. This is, um, you know, I was listening to Shannon Amos <clears throat> podcast yes. and her yes. experience, uh, which was very rich, rich podcast, by the way. And I thought about my, cause I, I've traveled back and forth from Puerto Rico to the States for a while before I actually went to Europe. I went to Switzerland to study on my doctorate there. And Wanda, I was stunned, stunned. I was, first of all, I was in a, a program where, which had some of the brightest philosophers and artists and creatives in the world. And because I was working on my doctorate. 
and and I was the only melanin person there and I'm like wait what and it was so beautiful then I'm like and I'm listening to the dialogue and I'm feeling as though my mind may have been not totally prepared for that level of dialogue but it was I didn't realize that it was and so in those four weeks that I was there in Switzerland up in the Alps and I was about to take my exam I'm like oh shoot I gotta take this exam and they're talking about the chaos theory, you know. And so one of the classes was the chaos theory taught by one of the most brilliant minds in the world teaching on this. And he's German, and he's got a strong German accent. So you can imagine all of that wrapped in one, right? So I'm like trying to figure, I'm like, what? What, the chaos theory? I'd never heard about it. And I said, okay, God, let me just, Ayana, just open up all your pores just allow that those words, that information to just come in. And while you are taking it in through your pores, draw, write, you know, draw a color <clears throat> because I couldn't access it with, with my left brain. <clears throat> Excuse me, when I took the test, I aced it. Mm-hmm. I literally aced it. And I was like, wow, you really got this. So here's, the, here's what I want to get to. When I got my review from all of my, my, my professors that summer, the end of the summer, the feedback they gave me blew me out of the water because they were saying things like, you are brilliant. Not only are you beautiful inside and out, but you are highly brilliant and creative. You are, I mean, and, and it went on like that, professor after professor, and I'm saying to myself, I have never, never in my life, through all the years of education experience, have I ever heard how brilliant I was. Mm. have I ever heard how beautiful I was? <clears throat> and I, I, I was stunned taking it in. And everywhere I went, not only in Switzerland and Italy that year, I was highly revered. So that's a different experience than a lot of Black women have in, as they travel in Absolutely. Europe. But with me, I was, it was different. It was totally different. And so when I, when I got back to the state, state side, I'm like, I'm like, wow, no one, I shouldn't say no one, very few people could see the brilliance. That's really amazing. Is that something that you asked for, by the way? Like, were you conscious about wanting that kind of experience? No, I think my mind wasn't, I had no clue. Oh, yeah. I had no clue. I mean, you don't, you don't know, you don't know, you don't know about something until it's on you. I mean, until you're exposed to it, right? Absolutely. That's, that's true. Sometimes you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So that was my experience. My first, like my first stalling aha moment in travel 
as a woman of color, a woman, uh, 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 and I'm like, wow, this is, this is beautiful. Let me get the heck out of the U.S. (laughs) 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 As often as I can. As often as I can, especially as an artist, especially as a mystic, especially as a woman of color, you know, all those things, because I could fly out. It's it's more challenging to fly in the U.S. Mm. That's very interesting. I I like that. You can fly outside of the U.S. Yeah. You can fly in the U.S. It's just more challenging. So it's much more challenging. So many constructs. <clears throat> whether I'm on the island of Puerto Rico, whether I'm in the States, wherever I am, that whole construct is much more challenging. Mm-hmm. I think these days now, because of, because I know we're, we're, we've got different generations these days because of technology and social media and the generation that came before there's more support there's more yeah you can do it yeah you're beautiful yes you're brilliant and there's there's money to back it up there's literally money and resources to back that up when we go back to our ancestors or the generations before, they were, all, they, yes, they were brilliant. Yes, they were awesome. Yes, but they didn't have the money or the resources to back them up. Or the and we see that, or, or the freedom, or the freedom, you know. And then we have these artists who are amazingly brilliant generations back and still brilliant, but with all the, constructs keeping them down all the challenges all the blocks all the hindrances and still brilliant and shining now there are less of those there's still some and so that allows this generation to emerge with all their brilliance and all their creativity and all their power and all their magnificence and make a serious impact on the world That is beautifully said. Yes. Ayana, can you share with listeners how they can support your work? Yes. Yes. Actually, I'm writing this book on Mary Magdalene, and um, it's called The Path of the Magdalene, the Magdalene Egyptian Isis lineage of sacred sexual alchemy. It's actually a 10-year work, but I had an experience with Mary Magdalene back in 2009, except she wasn't white. She looked like me. <laughs> and, and so now I'm stunned and I'm having this interaction with her. And so this book is, is, is not only my own personal work and journey with her over the last 10 years, but also the women that I've mentored and trained in this lineage, the men that I've mentored and trained in this lineage. The, what happens when the masculine and feminine come together in sacred union. And so right now, as I'm writing the book, I'm taking a whole year to write it and to also uh, begin the filming of a documentary on this. So the best, what I'm, when I'm asking for support right now is support the program, support the project. So I have a, a series of fundraisers going up. I have a GoFundMe going up. 
uh, that's up already. And, um, and then, you know, if you, if they, if, you, if the listeners welcome me coming on an interview, uh, sharing more like I'm doing now, coming to visit and talking to your people, I'll even come to your church, <laughs> talk about the Black Magdalene. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's where I need the most support right now. And uh, that's where I welcome, actually welcome, not need because God takes care of it, but just welcome that. And to just follow the work because it's, it's a profound work right now and it actually is a disruptor. It, the work that I'm putting out is actually a disruptor in what has been conceived, uh, perceived and projected as um, what it should look like for a woman in the church or a woman walking around in, in the world right now as a spiritual woman. So that's, that's the work that I'm really celebrating and welcome anyone to come in and support that work. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Thank you so very much for taking the time to share all this goody goodness with us. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. I want to say thank you to you, Wanda Davis, for the work that you're doing with the Black women travelers i think it's fantastic i love it and looking forward to meeting more of my sisters on the path and on the journey whatever wherever we are in the world yes i was just thinking about that there's so many people i would love to get into the same room because i just know it would be so dynamic well, thank you again. You have a beautiful night and take a Thank day. you. Bye bye. All right, bye bye. Hey.